All right. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Global Math Department. My name is Lee Natero, and I'll be your host tonight. Tonight, we're going to be hearing from Marty Cardenas uh, on using a blended learning model to create a language-rich interactive classroom in which all students can thrive. Before we begin our session, I'd like to tell you a bit more about the Global Math Department. The Global Math Department is an organization that is run entirely by volunteers. To keep the free, high-quality PD, we need webinar speakers, webinar hosts, and writers for our newsletter. Newsletter writers share about an area of math or math teaching that resonates with them or discusses recent math blogs that help researchers reflect on their practice. If you'd like to volunteer or know someone who would be great in any of these areas, please have them email us at globalmathdepartment@gmail.com at gmail.com or have them reach out to us on Twitter. So let's get started with tonight's webinar. But before I introduce our speaker, I'd like to explain about how our webinars work. Our webinars are recorded and are available about 24 hours after the meeting ends. To view the recording, you can use the same link you used to get here tonight. The Global Math Department community prides itself on being friendly and supportive. The chat room is available for topical and general conversation throughout the meeting. Uh, if, and if the chatter gets busy, I'll be sure to catch your questions for the presenter to be addressed at the end of the presentation. And I'm just realizing I did not post the link into the chat. So that's why people weren't logging in, I don't think. <laughs> so go ahead and click on that link that I just posted into the chat. Um, and while you're doing that, also take a moment to introduce yourself in the chat, telling us what you teach, where you teach, and what your Twitter handle is if you have one. So we'll just wait a moment for people to introduce themselves in the chat. All right, so our webinar uh, speaker tonight is Marty Cardenas, and he will be sharing on the topic using a blended learning model to create a language-rich interactive classroom in which all students can thrive. Uh, Marty is the secondary math facilitator at Grand Prairie ISD in Grand Prairie, Texas. He received his bachelor's and master's degrees in mathematics at the University of Texas in Arlington. He has served as an educational community yeah, he has served in the educational community as a secondary math strategist, secondary math teacher, college board item reviewer, math adjunct professor, and as an elementary teacher's aide. In his most current work as a secondary math facilitator, he supports administration, district personnel, and secondary educators in Grand Prairie ISD to promote high quality math instruction. He also serves on several boards and he is a Desmos Fellow, Cohort 3. So I'm going to turn this now over to Marty. Thank you so much, Lee. I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm super excited to share with you guys today um, some of my passions. And just to hear from you all, you all, I know, have some amazing, great ideas. So I'm looking forward to, to uh, hearing from you guys as well. Um, but if you haven't already, uh, I have a few slides on this Desmos activity and you can find the link there in the chat. Thank you, Lee, for posting that. 
Um, and so there's a few slides. If you have not used Desmos before, you'll see a um, a screen on the top on the top right side of your screen. You'll see a next button that allow you to go to the next screen. So I see a few of you still on the first slide. Um, if you can go ahead and complete the just the first two slides, it's just some quick checks uh, before we get started. As you're doing that. Um, like we said, I'm going over some of my passions with technology, uh, blended learning, and then also uh, creating that language-rich classroom, which um, it's really about just kind of utilizing those amazing technology tools that we have available to support our multilingual learners. And uh, I'm going to be using Desmos um, as kind of my presentation tool and also to gather some feedback and to allow us to collaborate through that and also to kind of model uh, a little bit what I'm going to be going over. Um, has anybody used uh, Desmos activities? If you don't mind throwing that in the chat, if you use it in the past, just to kind of get an idea of that. Awesome. Baby exit tickets, love it. So I, I'm just doing a quick social motion check. I'm a big Office fan, so um, you might see some Office themes throughout. Um, awesome. All right, I got a lot of us ready to rock. Some of us are a little bit on the downside, hopefully. Um, we can cheer you up today. Somebody's a little bit tired. Somebody's a little bit awake. So we got a little bit of both. So awesome, kind of balance out there. Um, yeah, let's see where everybody's coming from on slide three. You can just kind of move that dot. If your area is not on here, you, you're welcome to kind of uh, put it as close as possible there. Awesome. Looks like we got people from the East Coast, a lot of East Coast people. Awesome. Great. Cool. It's cool to see where you all are coming from today. Awesome. Thank you for participating in that. I wanted to see a little bit about where you guys are coming from and how you all are feeling, and but also kind of get you comfortable with the platform if you haven't used it. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and move us to slide four. So I'm, you'll see your screen uh, moving to slide four. Like Lee said, I'm uh, in Grand Prairie ISD. That's right next to Dallas in Texas. Um, I got to be a part of the exciting fellowship with Desmos. I serve on different boards. This is some of our demographics in Grand Prairie here. Um, the total students, some of our eco-disadvantaged, uh, LEP, ESL bilingual. Um, and that's my Twitter and email. If you uh, want to reach out to me, if you see anything you like or any questions you have, feel free to reach out. Um, but I love this quote by Brene Brown just to kind of start us off. Um, your experience today will only be as good as your willingness to be vulnerable. And we know anytime we're learning, anytime we're, we're experiencing or trying to change or anything like that, there takes there is some vulnerability involved so i encourage everybody just to be a little bit vulnerable 
I'll, I'll also be vulnerable. I'm not an expert at any of this. I'm learning just like you guys, but uh, I am. These are some of my passions. So I love to hear any feedback uh, and, of course, your thoughts and ideas because I know you all have some great ones. So, again, I encourage you to be vulnerable today with me. All right, so here's our agenda for today. These are kind of a few things that we're going to be doing. Uh, first, we're going to reflect kind of on the student perspective and put ourselves in the shoes of students. We'll look at some uh, research and practices. We'll look at uh, a model lesson and then kind of some action steps and some other resources to continue learning. All right, let's jump right in. Um, so uh, again, we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of students kind of get that perspective just to kind of put us in that mindset as we go through the rest of the session. I think that's going to be important. Um, so here's just kind of a scenario, putting yourself in this situation, kind of really think about um, how you would feel in this situation. You just moved to Columbia for a year and you know some broken Spanish. You walk into a math class and the teacher begins the lesson. You're catching a few words here and there um, you try to follow along, but they're getting further. You're getting further and further behind. How would you feel and act? Um, would you ask the teacher to slow down? Would you just kind of try to hide in the class and and try not to be seen, or or how would you really think about how that would feel as a student? Um, just trying to trying to figure that out. So I see some of you already answering. Uh, another thing that I didn't mention is this is actually anonymized, so. Uh, we won't know exactly who is responding, so hopefully you, hopefully you feel safe and comfortable sharing uh, some of those thoughts. Yes, I agree with you, uh, um, mathematician Erica Camacho. Um, I would do the same. I would kind of try to hide as much as possible. That's a good one. Try to ask and try to hide. Mm -hmm. Never seen Desmos do that. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree with a lot of that. It's it's kind of scary um, with some something like that. So just kind of putting ourselves in the shoes of students. It's a little scary. So, and, and that's what I kind of noticed. And that's why I kind of brought up the scenario just sitting in classrooms, um, seeing how much students were struggling and, and not necessarily with the content, but just with um, being able to understand, uh, understand and, and being able to contribute and things like that. And, and that's something that once just kind of being in classrooms and just observing, uh, getting the opportunity to see a lot of uh, really good teaching, but also seeing uh, some students struggle just be, just because of that language. So um, that's what I, I try to support. That's what I try to help those students. Uh, and that's kind of where this passion came about. So I wanted to quickly talk about, thank you for uh, being vulnerable and kind of sharing that and experience that with me. Um, I'm moving us to the next slide of um, what, what, Sometimes it, it starts off with um, when you're trying to support that language rich classroom, it could start off with anchor charts and having students Google, but we know it's not just putting up an anchor chart or not just at telling students to Google things. It's more than that. And so um, 
So I want us to kind of see what what else can we do other than just putting up anger charts or telling them, hey, just go Google it, things like that. So um, we know language building that language rich classroom is more than just that, which again, these are really great tools to use, but we want to do more. So here's an amazing, um, let me go into the student view. Here's an amazing uh, article by NCSM. If you haven't read it, I highly encourage it. They made that free for everybody. You don't have to be a member of NCSM. I put the link there. And so this is a, a position paper by NCSM about multilingual learners. And so these are a few quotes that I pulled out from that article. So take a, take a minute or two, kind of read through those and kind of pick one of those that kind of stand out to you. I'm loving that feedback that you all are putting. Yeah, I love that point, Erica. That's a great, that's a great point. Sometimes they see students as lower level because they are multilingual learners. Which we know that is definitely not true. Yes, love that. So these two quotes are kind of the ones that sit out the most about just understanding that multilingual multilingual learners are definitely um, have a are not any lower in intelligence because they are multilingual learners. Love that quote. Awesome. Thank you guys for reflecting on that. I see some of you guys still kind of working on that. Yes. I love that. How to make the task demanding, but also allow an easy entry point. Great point. Yeah, math is definitely that universal language. Great. Thank you guys for sharing with that. Great points there. All right, I'm going to go ahead and move us to um, the next slide. I, I, I want to move us to the next slide, but there's a really good point here. Uh, offering numerous entry points. Yeah, love that. Uh, and then kind of the other piece that um, is about the blended and how to use that technology to really support and um, really capitalize on that, that tool. And so um, here I have blending learning is more than just putting students in front of a, a computer and having them work on a program. Uh, there's a lot more to it. Uh, that could be an aspect of it but definitely there's a lot more to blended learning. And so we actually, in, um, in our district, we got a grant from our, um, our state um, agency. And um, it, we, this is our fourth year in that grant. It's called the Math Innovation Zone Grant, uh, which supports blended learning. And so we've been working with blended learning. We've been 
having PD from different universities and um, all kinds of resources and tools for that. And so uh, we're super excited to, to be implementing blended learning, but we know it also offers amazing opportunities to support our multilingual learners, but uh, not only multilingual learners, but all our learners as well. And so here's another one of NCSM's uh, position papers on technology. Uh, I also put just a quick video of a, of a class that I did last year um, using Desmos and using kind of the blended learning model of uh, allowing students to work on a, a device and, and monitor and then adjust and support based off what they're doing on the program. So you might see me in this video kind of looking down at my iPad. Um, that's because I have Desmos pulled up on my iPad and I'm seeing what students are doing. And then based off of that, I go kind of support or redirect the class or have a group conversation, uh, things like that. They're also working in pairs. So it's not just them by themselves on the on iPad. They're actually working in pairs to kind of work through that activity. All right, it looks like most of us chose this quote, which I love. Um, Technology can in increase interactivity within the mathematics classroom. Exploring multiple concepts, providing immediate feedback. I love that. Yes, definitely. Let's not, uh, pedagogy must come first uh, before technology. To, technology su should support the class, not. Let's not just use technology because we want to use technology. Yes, very good, and I love that. Collaborative process, yeah, enhancing that collaborative process. Great point too. Feedback shouldn't just be, did you get it right or wrong? Students being able to monitor their own understanding, making adjustments. Great point. Man, y'all are on it today. Even this late in the evening, I'm, I'm loving the responses here. Yeah. Better engagement easily or more easily. I like that. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did have energy in screen, too. Yeah, you guys are rocking it today for sure. Uh, okay, awesome. Thank you for kind of reflecting on that. And so here are the two big pieces of research that I'll be, uh, we'll be looking at today. One of them is Navigating the Alps. Uh, it's a really great book. ELPS is our, in Texas, our uh, language standards, um, but every state has the language standards and the concepts, um, the strategies apply to all. Um, and then blended learning is, this is a really good book that I've, I've read by uh, Christensen Institute. And so I'll share some resources for that. And of course, Desmos is kind of the platform I'm using to kind of model and also um, present from. And they also have some resources there uh, that you can access. And I'll have these resources at the end, and I'll also share 
the slide deck. So um, if you need to access any of these, that's going to be open there um, at the end. I'll share that. But those are the two the, the big pieces of research. And we're going to kind of combine those or blend those uh, to kind of, you know, even make them more impactful. Um, so moving here to um, our ELPS, like why, why should we use our language standards, whatever your standards are uh, in your state. The first one is the uh, ELLs for EBs or uh, multilingual learners benefit from content area instructions that accommodate to their need. Um, rather than modify, we know they don't necessarily need to be have a less rigorous content, but just accommodation. They just need those supports um, to be able to access that content. Uh, another one is making sure our multilingual learners are using uh, academic language. That's very important. Um, they also benefit from high expectations because um, we know they're more than capable. Y'all had some really great comments on that last one of, you know, they're they're learning in two different languages. Like, that's incredible. So uh, we know they're more than capable of holding those high expectations, but again, offering those, making sure they have those supports, uh, which we're going to talk about here in a second, um, to access that content. And then it also helps or your language standards offer that common framework that can support the students throughout their career. So those are just some of the reasons they talk about in that uh, navigating the ELPS book. And then here are those seven steps uh, to build language-rich interactive classrooms. And so um, kind of the overarching concept of your language standards and uh, a lot of things doing with lang language, we, we want them to, to uh, do all for listening, speaking, reading, and writing. Listening, speaking, reading. If we can get our students to do that, um, they're going to be so much more successful. So, uh, but in a structured way. So, listening, speaking, reading, writing, and these seven steps help to kind of structure the implementation of those four uh, input and output. You can kind of choose um, if, you, if there's one that you see you want might, might want to grow a little bit more in or learn a little bit more. There's also um, a really good s'more that uh, Sidelets put out that's really good on just some more details of the seven steps. If you want to open that up and kind of have that on another tab. So we can look at it later because we're during our model lesson, we're going to be looking at these seven practices um, and then also kind of here in a second when we talk about blended learning, looking at those models and kind of how they incorporate into that model lesson that we're going to do. Awesome. Looks like the, having students participate in structured reading and writing activities is our lead right now. Structured conversations is also part of the lead there. 
great. I'm just going to Twitter, save and don't. Awesome. I see you guys. Add into your list there. Loving it. Great. All right. And so we're going to kind of look at um, if you can kind of keep these in mind, just, you know, teaching students what to say when they don't know what to say. Having them com uh, speaking complete sentences, uh, randomizing, rotating who you're calling. So making sure that all students get that opportunity, making sure all students are understanding using some type of total response signal. We're going to do a lot of these you'll see here in a second modeled uh, visuals and different vocabulary strategies, um, structured conversations, structured reading and writing activities. Awesome. All right, so we'll look at some of those a little bit more in depth here in a second. But now I want to kind of move us into um, blended the blended learning aspect and some of the research that the Christensen Institute has. So why blended learning? Um, a customized learning. We looked a little bit about that in that position paper by NCSM. Uh, but a customized learning. Um, so again, it offers that data, gets that timely feedback flexible pathways to um, understanding. It's also competency-based learning, uh, so they can, the students have some control over that pace um, and the place and, and a different mastery. And then it also opens up learning to not just in the classroom. So there's so many amazing opportunities that technology opens up. And so, um, so what is blended learning? So basically what they do is, is part online, um, part away from home or in other words in the classroom and then um, the online can be in the classroom just like you saw me kind of doing that desmos activity in the classroom so that's part of that and then also kind of blending that with the instruction and then it's along their own learning path um, so again they have that control over that pace or the the place things like that um, so that the most important thing is that we're not students are not just kind of working on a program but we're using what students are doing getting that feedback that data and informing instruction and making adapting to what we actually teach or how we support students and then the last piece that i wanted to go over quickly and there's so much to blended learning there's so much to language rich classrooms um, but i wanted to go over kind of the core pieces there's a lot of different models that um that are involved in uh, the blended learning model um, that you can see here and you can learn specifically about each individual model some of you might have seen some of those some of them are very similar they're just kind of adapt them a little bit um, but you can if you click on that link at the bottom it'll have a lot more information about uh, each of those models and uh, just some more resources and tools that are all free. All right, so that's kind of a little bit of blended learning. Now we're gonna kind of see how can we combine both the, the resources, the tools, the technology we have um, to also support our multilingual learners. And we can see how powerful that can be and how easy it can structure. And I know some of you guys talked about how easy we can engage our learners. All right, so, um, Again, we're, there's going to be about eight slides um, and uh, about, has anybody done the uh, turtle trials uh, activity before? 
Um, that's one of my, my favorite, awesome. That's one of my favorite activities. Uh, but we're gonna look at some turtle trials. And then I also incorporated some of those um, steps for the language rich classrooms. And then we'll look at kind of how that fits in the blended learning model and how, kind of that, how that's all combined. So there's some links there, I'll keep that open. Let me uh, paste this through these. So I'm gonna paste this through the first slides there. And then um, after those eight slides of the activity, or after those, I think it's six slides of the activity, total eight. And then um, the last one is a reflection, um, just to kind of reflect on what you saw as far as uh, those language supports and then also kind of how it fits in that blended learning model. All right, so let's go ahead and, and jump into that. Um, so you can go ahead and hit next on the top right of your screen. So you'll see something like this on the top right, you can hit next and that'll take you to the next screen and you can just uh, work through some of these problems. Feel free to, uh, the getting the answers right is not the, the point. Um, even if you wanna get, kind of put yourself in, a, in the seat of a student and maybe common mistakes that you might see, maybe you answer it that way. Um, but the point of it is just to kind of see some, some of these strategies and structures and steps in an actual lesson and how it would work on a technology blended learning type model. So um, yeah, we'll do that for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, feel free to ask questions or um, just kind of work through those, look through those slides. Kind of, if you kind of finish faster than others, if you want to go back and kind of see what other people have been putting there, you're welcome to do that. But again, you can go through those slides there, the, those for those slides, and then kind of reflect on slide 23. So I'll give us about 10 to 15 minutes to kind of go through that, and then we'll come back. So again, feel free to ask any questions, either in the chat or um, here on Desma. And I'll kind of be monitoring that throughout. And Lee, do you know that this uh, picks up audio from my computer? Or do I have to do something? I think, I think it will, um, you know, in terms of sound, like if you were playing like a, a, a video clip or, you know, with audio, mm -hmm. it should pick it up. Okay, I'm, let me try to play something and see if it works. Are you able to hear that? I cannot hear that. I think it's because probably you have, you probably have, uh, looks like you have earbuds in, and so maybe that's why it's not coming across. Gotcha. Okay. No worries. All right. So let's go ahead and come back. Um, so what I'm going to do now is uh, just kind of a forewarning. I'm going to pause everybody uh, real quick. So um, just be aware and know some of the you, I see you kind of going through some of the slides there. But we'll, we'll, I'm going to pause real quick and uh, just kind of have some conversations about what we saw here.
Um, so while you you all were working, one of the nice things about Desmos, um, if you haven't used it before, I can kind of see where everybody's at. Of course, everybody's anonymized, so you can kind of feel open and free to kind of respond and, and make mistakes and learn. Um, another thing I can do is look at your work and see uh, exactly what your responses are. And then I can also take snapshots. So that's what I was doing while you all were working. And you might have saw that in that video I played. Um, I was looking and kind of looking at everybody's work and taking some snapshots so we can have some group conversations. So here's a, a group of snapshots snapshots I took of just that story at the beginning. Um, and you can see here, I actually made some sentence stems. You can actually delete those. If, uh, usually I'll, if I'm doing an activity, I can um, let students either use those sentence stems or delete it and just kind of uh, write their own story. Um, but it, I love the openness of this. Um, the blue turtle was late for a date. Uh, we can kind of get creative. Students, uh, when I did this activity with students in my college algebra class, it was fun just to kind of see some of their responses. Some of them are very creative and uh, I love that. Um, so it just gives them the opportunity to, to be creative in math, which I love, and then kind of connect that to the rest of the lesson. Uh, this is one of my favorite um, slides that I like to do with students and even in presentations because I love whoever made whoever did this. We have two different answers here um, and I love I love that you all did that um, picking lane one. I think that's great because um, I always whenever I'm doing this with students or really any activity, I love to just bring out, um, you know, common mistakes or errors or incorrect answers. Um, you know, because I, I try to emphasize as much as possible, like that's part of the learning process. And I, and I love these mistakes here. I love having those conversations. What was right? What, is, what could be fixed here? What could we work with? Uh, how can we kind of work through that? So we have some people pick lane one um, because they said uh, turtles faster because the slope is one. Uh, the turtles faster because I don't think they got a chance to finish their thoughts on that one. Uh, lane three talks about it being steeper and then uh, six feet in six seconds. And then um, the line is steeper here. So we go, we wanna go back to that graph and kind of see what's going on here. A really common uh, misconception is lane one finishes first. So um, sometimes students assume since they finished first, you know, they were faster. Um, but we know if we look at that slope. So there is some really good, uh thinking involved in that and so that's why i love this mistake i love that opportunity to have that conversation with the class let's let's talk about it and and work through that so thank you so much for making that mistake i love that um it's a great opportunity for learning um so that again just if we can get uh conversations going about math and and having some really good debates and and conversations I think that's super impactful, especially uh, just supporting that listening, reading, writing, speaking. Yeah. Um, so here's just some fun. Uh, this is another opportunity. Just be creative. Let's see what happens. Make mistakes and and kind of see what go, what's what's going on here. This one, somebody had a lot of fun with this one. They finished very fast. Um, Love that. 
like a same bolt versus versus somebody like me um yeah and then let's see some of the uh yeah Ali, i see you posted there about some of the other things that people put um different visual representations um getting feedback um let's see what else we got some of the other supports that we saw uh having them explain their thinking so they're doing that writing piece um student responses having them reflect um allowing them to uh, have those values are ready to kind of see where it's going in the table the colors i love that the lane numbers kind of making that uh, connection i love that uh response of just not worried about them getting things wrong allowing them to learn and make mistakes and, and and grow and then words in bold print i love that too uh, does anybody know why those specific words are bolded any thoughts or any ideas on why you think they might be bolded let's see some of them here So there is, um, I didn't see anybody guess it yet. You get a, a, a hundred uh, bonus points if you can guess why the words are bolded. You can redeem those, um, you can redeem those uh, bonus points at the Global Math Department uh, store um not nouns and verbs but that's a really good uh that's a really good guess so these are called they have a specific name uh they're called cognates and so cognates are words that are similar in two different languages so in this case these are cognates for english and spanish uh, and so they just kind of help students once utilized, because I actually tried this with, uh, initially when I first learned about cognates, uh, I used this with a class, but they didn't, uh, they didn't know what they were either. And uh, they needed support on how to use that. So that was something I, I learned that, to really um, be explicit on how to use those cognates, um, knowing that there are words similar in English and Spanish or whatever language it is. And so they can kind of use those to grasp and get some, make some connections uh, to their language. So um, those are cognates. I bolded those, but yeah, I try to add like things like sentence stems to help them structure their sentence. Is of course the visuals, the graphics, the videos. Those are all are super helpful. Putting some vocabulary supports and strap throughout. Um, what are the some of the things that we think back to? Kind of like the. Um, the language rich classrooms like what are some things that might be missing from this uh from what we did today any thoughts or or ideas on what might be missing from um kind of what we did
Yes, we didn't really get that opportunity to talk verbally. And so um, if if I'm actually doing that, so that's a really good point, Lee. If I'm, if I'm doing this with a class, you know, we're going to have uh, times that I actually pause the lesson. We have conversations. We can even structure it using uh, a different strategies. There's really good Kagan strategies you can use to structure conversations. Um, but we'll have those. I think that's going to be super important to have uh, students uh, talking um, and not just kind of going through a lesson. So having, you know, planning that process uh, beforehand and really having those opportunities to talk. I love that. All right. So kind of putting uh, all this together, I'm going to edit this. I'm going to move everybody to slide 24 and unpause it. So putting putting all this together, we can see kind of making that connection between the blended learning and then those seven steps. So step one, what we did in that lesson here, you can see um, we use strategies such as cognates and sentence stems. They're embedded throughout. And so that kind of supports that step one of our language rich classrooms. Um, step two, um, you know, I encouraged you guys to kind of, you know, respond and then I presented your ideas. Um, one of the things that, you know, would be done is try to have students do complete sentences and things like that. Those are kind of the structures you can put in place before you start the activity or, you know, allow them to kind of use some informal vocabulary like what we did at the beginning and then throughout kind of make sure, make that connection to the formal vocabulary or have those conversations um, throughout. Um, so that that's something else that you guys said was awesome. It's like allowing them to just kind of make mistakes and learn and then make that connection between that formal and offering those supports. Uh, step three, um, you know, I kind of, while you all were working, I was looking at what you guys were putting and I was able to kind of pick and choose what do I want to present and what do we want to have conversations about? Uh, so that was step three. Um, I was able, also able to if, see where you guys were at. So if I were in the classroom, I was, I would be able to say, oh, okay, you know, somebody put chose lane one. Let me go and just kind of have a conversation and see where what their thinking was, and maybe highlight some of that good thinking, and then also kind of talk about how we can make the connection to the the formal math. Um, yeah, it, technology just makes it easy to incorporate visuals and a lot of the vocabulary support. Uh, step six, um, making sure we structure conversations. And that's one of the things that we didn't get a chance to do is, is talk verbally and have those conversations um, and make connections. And then last, um, embedding those opportunities to write. Uh, we got an opportunity to do that and then um, have discussions. So that's kind of kind of putting it all together is like we the purpose of it all is to incorporate is to support our multilingual learners and that blended learning that technology is an amazing tool that allows us to do that to offer those visuals offer offer those supports because we we want to continue to have those high expectations because we know they're more than capable it's just creating that bridge to get there because their it's not the issue of their content knowledge it's the issue of their language. And so making sure we offer those supports and technology is an amazing tool to, to support that. 
and we know these steps and these strategies that we think about, um, it's, it's impactful to all of our students. Going back to uh, the slide here where, um, where we talked about the seven steps, this is uh, some of the research on, um, you know, all students, not just our multilingual learners and just kind of the um, average retention rates and what type of um, learning, what type of interactions create higher retention rates. And so we can get our students to listen, speak, read, write. Um, they're gonna be so much more successful. So we know these strategies not uh, only support our multilingual learners, but it helps all of our students. And and one of the things too I love about Desmos, oh, we're right there on the time. Let me just kind of sum it up here. Um, Desmos has some awesome supports for multilingual learners as well. I linked it there. Um, our district uses their Desmos curriculum, which uh, we love to use because it has just all these supports built in the curriculum. But they have tons of free activities, of course, too, as well. Um, and so there's just it's so easy just to hit copy and edit. Let me just put some sentence stems. Let me just bold some of my cognates, things like that. And so that is kind of my call to action is just uh, pick one of the Desmos activities um, and use some type of blended learning model, similar to what we either did today or flipped or uh, stations, things like that and then incorporate one of those seven steps. So for example, turtle trials, which I linked there, um, just go in and bold the cognates and then use that student responses to kind of uh, create that math discourse. And this is one of the quotes I really love is the cave you uh, fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And that just kind of speaks to sometimes it's, it's the difficult thing that we need to do is often the, the thing that um, has the most benefit to us and to our students. Um, so I encourage you to implement that just to kind of close this out for today. Here are all my uh, references, the resources. I think Lee posted something about that there, learn.desmos.com. If you wanna learn more about Desmos, uh, I put links to the different resources I use. Also a link to the, my presentation there as well. Uh, my website, I put, my website has tons of resources uh, to support. If um, you want to reach out to me, that's my Twitter. That's my email. Thank you guys for joining and participating. I loved all your great ideas and thoughts and feedback. Uh, if you have any questions about any of this, please feel free to reach out. Um, I hope some of you guys are going to NCTM, NCSM. I'll be presenting there as well. So hopefully I can see you out there. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Lee, is there anything else that uh we need to do before we um, close it out i was gonna say uh i didn't see any questions uh in the chat uh but i definitely uh see some words of appreciation um in the chat for you and um, i think there's definitely some good resources here that people can uh take a look at later so um the fact that they can go back into that that activity later on um do you have it set up for like a, a two-week code or a longer code a longer uh week? yeah the code to the activity for this specific lesson is two weeks but if you click on presentation here you can access access to any of the slides i use you can use them if you want to use them um you can go back and click on any of the links so if you click on that presentation and kind of save that that'll be uh, available all the time 
Perfect. All right. So thank you very much for sharing with us and to everyone in attendance. Thank you for uh, joining us and spending an hour of your time with us. Our next webinar is going to be on October 4th. And the topic is math versus mathematics using Desmos to honor student thinking and value student input. So it's going to be another Desmos topic. And this one is by Kurt Salisbury. And that particular one is, yeah, Kurt is amazing. That particular one is for grades six through 12, six, six through 12. So we hope to see many of you at that session. And I thank you all for being here. Bye, everybody. Thank you.